From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver. We're through the primary election with November looming. So we're speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com, about what you need to know in key races this midterm election year. Here's our conversation. Hi, J.R. Welcome back. Did you make it through the primaries in one piece? Uh, yes, a little low on sleep, but I did okay otherwise. <laughs> okay, great. So it's officially Johnson v. Barnes for the Wisconsin U.S. Senate seat. That's Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, a Democrat, and current incumbent Republican Senator Ron Johnson. The Cap Times of Madison had an opinion piece that this race will probably be one of the most watched and most negative in the country. What are we seeing so far in ads on that front, and what else can we expect from these campaigns? Oh, it's going to be a race to who do you hate the least come November. And I don't mean to be flippant when saying that, but it is going to be a negative campaign because you have in Ron Johnson a an incumbent who has not great poll numbers. Um, now we're going to see a new Marquette University Law School poll on Wednesday, I believe, that may give us an update of where things stand after you know some millions of dollars in ads have been spent already. If he's starting to tick up a little bit, then you have Mandela Barnes who. The knock is going to be from Republicans that he is too liberal for Wisconsin. He's out of touch. You know, you're going to see pictures of Mandela holding a T-shirt that says abolish ICE, for example. You're going to hear all kinds of things about being late on paying taxes, stuff like that, that you're going to see as they try to take him down and paint him as too extreme for Wisconsin. It's going to be a negative race in part because you have an incumbent who's underwater. Uh, and one of the paths to victory is you're an incumbent with not great poll numbers is to tear down your opponent. It's just... Politics 101. In addition to that, I guess the New York Times had an opinion piece asking why Ron Johnson is still competitive. They really questioned whether Wisconsin voters want to spend another six years, and this is a quote, being repped by a conspiracy peddling, vaccine trashing, climate change mocking, election doubting, Social Security and Medicare threatening MAGA mad dog. What is the Republican Party and the Johnson campaign going to have to do to convince moderate voters that Johnson is not a fringe candidate? Well, one, uh, Johnson's campaign couldn't care less the New York Times says about him. Not impressed by that whatsoever. Two, their argument is going to be that Ron Johnson is somebody who has always spoken his mind and is going to stand up for what he believes in and that you know that's going to help him, that it, there's a, a loyalty to that kind of approach, that he is not somebody who just follows the party line, that he is going to go out there and kind of raise concerns about stuff that he sees. So that's what you can see from Johnson. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we're still trying to figure out what kind of environment we're in for the fall. A couple months ago, a month ago even, it looked pretty bad for Democrats. I mean, things were not looking great, but there are some signs that things have improved a little bit. For example, there was a House seat in uh, Minnesota. It was a plus 10 Trump victory in that House seat in 2020. It was a plus four win for the Republican on Tuesday. Now, there's special elections. The caveat comes with that, but that's a sign that maybe Democrats are a little more energized than they were before. We also saw the vote in Kansas a few weeks ago about whether to open the door to more restrictions on abortion. It went down handedly. Now, question with that is, it's one thing to have a referendum on abortion and whether there should be more restrictions. It's another to get Republicans to vote for a Democrat based solely on that issue. So we'll see if they can translate that, Democrats can, into votes. There are things like that that suggest maybe Democrats are not in that dire shape, though, traditionally speaking, the party in power in the White House faces headwinds 
in the midterm election. So what I'm getting at is that Johnson has the environment in his favor. So yeah, he's he said some things. He's you know been labeled all kinds of bad things by his opponents, but there are still fundamentals like the environment, like the fact that he's the incumbent, that he has more money than Mandela Barnes that give him maybe even an edge because you've seen ratings for this race from national pundits that have had it toss up to lean Republican. So that tells you that people think nationally that maybe this is in, you know, Johnson's the favorite to win. Well, and you mentioned a little bit earlier that the Republicans are going to try to paint Barnes as too liberal for Wisconsin. You know, Barnes hasn't been timid about his progressive views. He supports the Green New Deal and a new Voting Rights Act. You've said in previous interviews that Barnes has a model of progressive political success in Wisconsin's other U.S. Senator, Tammy Baldwin. How are you expecting the Democrats to take a hold of that and and to counter any Republican attacks that Barnes is a fringe candidate? No, Barnes is going to tell people, look, yeah, yeah, I was late paying my taxes in 2018, but that's because I was, I've had struggles just like you have. I know what it's like to come from a middle-class background, to have two union parents, you know, trying to provide a good life for me. Like, I, I know what that struggle is like. That's what you're going to hear from me, the, the relatable, I've been through what you're going through kind of argument. So, I mean, we'll see if it works, but that's part of what the message we'll hear from Barnes and that I'm relatable to you. Ron Johnson is a millionaire who doubled his worth while he's been in office and pushed a tax break that benefited him and his friends and his donors. That's the kind of stuff you're going to hear from Democrats who try to say that Ron Johnson is out for himself and that he's now part of the Washington culture more than he is part of fighting for Wisconsin. I see. So transitioning to the other big news from from last Tuesday, we now know the tickets for the race for Wisconsin governor, it's incumbent Democrat Tony Evers and state rep Sarah Rodriguez as lieutenant governor against businessman Tim Michaels and state senator Roger Roth for the GOP. Michaels sort of came out from nowhere starting his campaign in April and beating an establishment Republican candidate in Rebecca Clayfish. He's sort of a tough talk kind of guy. Does Michaels have an outsider momentum similar to what Trump had in 2016 nationally? And how would Evers counter that? Oh, definitely. That, that's the model that uh, Michaels wants to pattern himself after, right? Um, and he does have an opportunity to pick up those people who are just unhappy about everything, the direction of the state and the country, that they just think things are off. I mean, Michaels is going to have an easier time getting those anti-incumbent voters than Rebecca Clayfish would have. Now, a challenge for Michaels is going to be, how does he navigate the Trump thing between now and November? You know, Trump obviously played a role in him winning the nomination this past week. You can't deny that the Trump endorsement helped. But if Michaels is campaigning with Trump in October, would that be a benefit? Is it better for Michaels to have Trump kind of stay away from Wisconsin now until November and keep him at arm's length so he's not talking about Trump all the time? Because you're going to see a lot of efforts to tie Michaels to Trump. Uh, One challenge for Michaels is, you know, he embraced the state's 1849 ban on abortion. Republicans have faced a challenge in winning back college-educated suburban women over a number of things, including their distaste for Donald Trump. They're probably not going to want to come back to vote for Michaels because of the abortion thing, although Michaels is going to hope that uh, issues like inflation, uh, grocery prices, crime, that those outweigh those issues. But what I'm getting at is the one-two of Trump's endorsement and his abortion position probably won't help with those suburbanites that always want to win back. So for Michaels, one way to you know have a winning coalition is to keep driving up turnout in rural Wisconsin. That's 
where, you know, Trump voted most heavily and, and went over disaffected Dems. You know, he, he made that pitch on Tuesday night that blue-collar Democratic workers who feel like the party left them behind to focus on social issues, he wants to bring them in. And this is a guy who, you know, Cohen's a construction company. He's employed lots and lots of union guys. They, they know Tim Michaels. That may be part of his winning coalition if he can pull it off in November. And that's one of the things about this primary. I'm wondering what you took away from it on what light it shed about where the Wisconsin Republican Party's at right now. You were talking about those more rural coalitions who went for Michaels and looking at that and as well as the Adam Steen pretty narrow loss to Voss and also the Secretary of State candidate Jay Schrader uh, on the Republican side who said he wouldn't have certified 2020 for Biden. He got about a quarter of the votes in that primary, if I'm not mistaken. What what does all that say about, about Wisconsin Republicans? Oh, it's the party of Trump now. You know, I mean, we've seen that nationally, and this is the first real statewide Republican primary post-Trump presidency, right? What we saw was we knew, or expected, I should say, that Michaels would do well in rural Wisconsin. That was... Because he's endorsed by Trump, that's where Trump territory is. The key for Rebecca Clayfish was going to be to run up the score in southeastern Wisconsin and offset that advantage out of state because it's the same thing that Leah Vukmir did in 2018, the Republican primary for U.S. Senate against Kevin Nicholson. Nicholson won 57 of the 72 counties, but southeast Wisconsin, where the votes are at, and Vukmir did very well there. So we thought, okay. That's Clayfish's model, right? Do well in southeastern Wisconsin, offset those losses out state. Well, Michaels did way better than we expected in southeastern Wisconsin. In fact, he won one of the wild counties. That tells us that there's been a shift in the party. We'll see if it lasts, but there's been a shift in the party away from those establishment types like Rebecca Clayfish and more toward the Trump candidate like Tim Michaels. How do you see you know, the Michaels v. Evers matchup playing with moderate voters? Well, uh, Michaels is going to try to tie Tony Evers to Joe Biden. Tony Evers is going to try and tie Tim Michaels to Donald Trump. And we're going to see if it's a referendum on Biden or Trump come November. Now, I'm oversimplifying things, but I had a Republican operative argue to me this week that if it is a referendum on Biden, Republicans probably win. Referendum on Trump, Democrats probably win. There are lots of other things that are going to go into it, but what do voters care about the most is is gas five bucks a gallon in late october or is it three bucks a gallon you know that's going to influence a lot of perspectives about people because is it going to be their pocketbook that drives them or is it going to be other issues does trump announce his reelection bid you know seeking a second term uh before november does he inject himself in these races i mean those are all kinds of unknowns right now what's going to happen with you know the developments this past week about the raid at uh, Trump's Florida home, does that become a factor in the fall election? Are there all kinds of things that are out there, but this could become a little bit of a nationalized race. They, things often are. The question then becomes, you know, how does Evers overcome if it's a challenging environment because of Joe Biden? Is it because he can say, hey, I, I know things are difficult and people are really partisan, but I'm trying to rise above? Maybe. If there's a more of a referendum on Trump, can Michael say, look, I'm I like his support, but I'm also appealing to other people to try and focus on jobs and the economy and security. Maybe, you know, those are things you got to wait. We've got you know, 90 days or so to go. That's, that's going to be the challenge for both of those two. All right. Well, thanks for checking in, JR. And thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. 
That was J.R. Ross of WizPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Maya Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.